Thank you, Travis. As we yield to the Lord and we give him space in, in our hearts, that's not the way to word it. As we yield to the Lord and surrender totally to him, it makes a big difference in how we live and how we respond, and I think he gives us freedom. So we share and interact tonight and in weeks to come on what I'm calling in Christ or you can't live the Christian life. Feel free to raise your hand or butt in any time you have a comment, you have a question. And, uh, you know, I you know, appreciate response. Anyone want a handout that did not get a handout? So as we begin a question, looking for a response, what does it mean to be free in Christ as a believer in Christ? What does it mean to be free in Christ as a believer in Christ. <clears throat> Any response? <clears throat> Living in dependency on him, second by second. Think about that as we share and interact. So is this woman free? Sue is a 30-plus-year-old who is married and has two children. She works 45 hours a week at a mentally and physically draining job. Overall, she enjoys her job and is able to provide adequately for her family. As she is driving home from work on Thursday, she thinks about the to-dos she should get done since it's been weeks and her family has reminded her several times. She knows both children will want to play, and she should play with them, but it'll be a chore. She thinks about the move, or movie that should be, she would like to watch. With some resonation, she concludes she'll have to do her to-dos and play with the children a while. Is Sue free? What do you think? I see a couple heads hesitantly saying no. I see a couple more going no and get a response. Why would you say she's not free? She says she's, she's, a, she's a adequately uh, providing for her family. She doesn't say anything. She's married, but she doesn't say anything about her husband. Okay. So her husband's kind of out of the picture. Any other response? A slave to routine, almighty to-do list. We all have them sometimes, don't we? <laughs> Any other response? It doesn't sound like she's doing things out of delight. She's doing them out of passion. Okay, have to, not delight. Freedom in Christ. This is a definition, not the definition, okay? Living 24-7 from a growing Desire to think, believe, talk, act within the design, the structure, the pattern provided by God through the life we have in Christ in dependency upon the Holy Spirit with God's blessing. And I would emphasize the word growing. You know, we haven't arrived, we're in process, but living from a growing desire to think, believe, talk, and act within the design 
structure that God gave. If you're a man, living as a man, not wishing, not trying to be someone else. If you're a husband, a father, accepting that, living within that, enjoying it. A wife, a mother, enjoying that. Whatever your job is, seeking to enjoy that. Live within the design that God gave. If you're a son or a daughter, you're in school, enjoying that, desiring to live and think well within where you are in life. What happens if we're not careful? A child is wishing to be a teen. The teen is wishing to get out of school. The one out of school is wishing to get through college to get a job to make some money so they can retire. What's happening? They're never enjoying where they are. And we can get into a routine. As a child, we bring that into teen years. We bring in that to young adult. And after a while, we just live a life of discontent. And we're always looking for something else rather than being content where God has placed us with the life that we have in Christ. And we'll try to emphasize that as we go along a little tonight and weeks to come. When is a bird free? When is a bird free? In flight, when they have the air to enjoy, the atmosphere to enjoy. Why? Because a bird was designed to fly. So they're free when they're living according to their design. So you take a bird, you cage it. I don't want to get in trouble with anyone. It's not what we would call free. You know, they you know, can't fly. When is a man free? When is a man free? And we'll say the man is married and has children. When is a man, husband, father free? When he's loving his wife, leading and teaching his family. That's what he was designed for. A man who is not loving his wife and leading his wife and children is not free. He was designed to do it. That's God's design. See, Adam ceased to be free when he didn't step in. And say, look, Satan, you don't talk to Eve, you talk to me. God gave me the leadership role. He stepped out of freedom. And we could ask, when is a woman, wife, mother free, and so on, and we'll touch on that in the future. Let's look at a couple of scriptures as it relates to, you know, a growing desire to think, believe, and so on and live within the design that God gave to us. In Romans chapter 12, I mentioned this this morning. Romans chapter 12. And Romans chapter 12 comes after a lengthy discussion on sin, salvation, and all that we have in Christ. And also three chapters in God's sovereignty. He says in verse 1 of chapter 12, Therefore I urge you, brothers, not commanding, he's urging, 
I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I urge you in view of God's mercy. I urge you in view of your salvation, in view of your reconciliation, in view of your justification, in view of your being dead to sin. I urge you to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Why? We were designed to live our life's sacrifice to God. That was the design. You can't be free if you're not living according to the design that God created you. Some of the most frustrating times in my life have been those when I've attempted not to live in the design that God gave. Step back from leading Ruthann. That's frustrating because I'm stepping out of the design that God gave to me. Ruthann tried to take the reins of leadership in our home and then she's stepping out of the design that God made for her. And that is frustrating. A student trying to take over the classroom, you know, and exercise a little control there. They do that in a variety of ways. It's not free. That student's not free. Presenting our bodies to God as a living sacrifice, he's giving that as a desire, and he says, respond. And then in verse 2, don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. And the pattern of the world is just a thought pattern that lets God out of the picture. We looked at Ephesians 4 this morning. We won't turn there. But Ephesians 4 obviously comes after Ephesians 1, 2, and 3, where Paul talks about the blessings we have in Christ. And then he says, live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Notice calling, how God designed us. How does God design the believer to live? To live on this earth, but for God's glory. And then in Colossians 3, he talks about Christ being our life. Now, a fact. We already mentioned the bird and the man. We looked at Romans 12. But a fact, there is humility. That is, recognizing and accepting, I can't. Thus, a turning to God, to Christ, to the Holy Spirit, to your local shepherd, to the body of Christ, the local body of Christ. Daily, we need to be acknowledging, I can't live this Christian life. I can't live in the design that God gave to me. So when Paul says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, one of the ways of renewing our mind is, God, I can't be the employee that I should be. I can't. Oh, I can fulfill my duty, but I really can't be what you've designed me to be apart from Christ being my life. Humility. I can't. 
That's why as we reflect on what we have in Christ, we're admitting we can't. It's Christ. I think one of the greatest places for a believer to be is in the category of I can't. The world bombards us with the thought pattern, you can. You can. You can make your life what you want it to be. Just try a little harder. And we're bombarded with that. And I'm not saying you shouldn't do a good job in your workplace or try to be a godly husband or wife and so on. But in the process, admit, I can't. So when you read the scripture that Jesus speaks, forgive 70 times 7, some people say, I can't. (coughs) Jesus knew that. That's why he says, I'm life. I've come to be the water. I've come to be the bread. I've come to give you life. You can't, but I can. So he says, rejoice in trials. But God, I don't want to rejoice in my trials. Well, it's up to you, but you're only free as you rejoice in your trials because you were designed to rejoice in trials. James says that. Paul says that. You say, I can't. I know, but in Christ, I can. Freedom in Christ applied. A believer in Christ is free when he or she has a growing practical knowledge that God has provided all we need in Christ. God has provided all that we need. There's a couple references. Let's go to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. Paul has discussed the fact that In Christ, we have life. Through Adam, we have death. Through Adam, we have condemnation. Through Christ, we have righteousness. So he says in verse 6, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? Apparently, some of the Romans were saying, well, if I sin five times, that requires God's grace. But if I sin a hundred times, that requires more of God's grace. So let's sin a lot. So we show God's grace more. And Paul says, by no means. God forbid, perish the thought. We died to sin. How can we live any longer in it? If you died to something, how do you live in it? You can't. He goes on in verse 3. Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized in Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. So when Christ died and he conquered sin... Who died with him? Who died with Christ? The believer. 
when Christ arose, who arose with him? The believers. When Paul says in Romans 12, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that involves counting yourself dead to the sin, whatever struggle you may be dealing with. I'm dead to it. I don't have to yield to it anymore. The victory has been obtained in Christ. My life is in Christ. I'm sure some of us, I won't say all of us, have moaned and groaned at times about our government. Paul says in Romans 13 that we are to obey our government, we're to respect and honor our government. So we have died to moaning and groaning about our government. I'm not saying you shouldn't talk about political things, that's not my point. But the whole moaning and groaning and have a bitter attitude, we're dead to that. We've died. I don't have to live here any longer. I don't have to live in bitterness to trials. Because Christ has provided all that we need. So we can go to God honestly and say, God, you know, I'm really, really struggling. I uh, don't like what's happening in my life. Kids are giving me trouble. Finances aren't good. And God would say, boy, I'm really glad you're talking to me about this. You say a little more, God, it, this just isn't very good. I, I can't handle it. And God says, now you're in a good place. I know you can't. That's why I gave Christ. Renew the mind. It's a thinking process. In Ephesians 1, we read this morning that God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Do you ever beat up in yourself? Oh, it's a dumb thing to do. I can't believe I'm this dumb. You know, I don't like this, and I wish I would change in that area. Why do we beat up in ourselves? Because we don't accept Ephesians 1, 3 through 14. You're going to be presented to God holy and blameless in spite of all the mess-ups in life, in spite of how you beat up in yourself. So why do we keep beating up on ourselves? <laughs> because it's about us rather than about Christ. In Colossians 2, 9 through 15, talks about the fact there that uh, we've been filled full and we remain in a state of fullness. Letter B. A believer is free in Christ when living from a growing want to. I say a growing want to or desire to rather than a have to mindset. Desire is in the process of changing. Desire. No, we're moving more to desire rather than a have to. Now that, that is something God really does in our hearts and our lives. An example, or a couple of examples. Maybe men, more men than women. But in our culture, and it's been true down through the ages, but seems to be more prevalent today just because of internet and so on. People struggle with pornography. 
Is it a want to or a desire to? Or should it be desire not to? Wow, I got to avoid this pornography. I have to not do it. That's much different than not even desiring it. So you may be in the internet and something pops up you aren't even looking for it and it's suggestive. You think, I really don't desire this. I don't want to go down that road. So that's desire. Oh, I better avoid this or I'll really get in trouble. That's a have to. We're taking another area of life, just the whole issue of body life, the one another's. Well, I guess I'm supposed to be open with others and let them carry my burdens. So I guess I better share this burden of mine. It's much different than say, boy, I really want to share my burdens with others. I desire to do that. See, one is freedom. The other is have to. But again, renewing the mind. Questions or comments before we go on? Let her see. A believer is free in Christ when he realizes, she realizes... Freedom is primarily desire, not mere action or words. So next Sunday morning, I get up to speak and I say, this morning rather than speaking, we're going to do things different. So I take a mic and I say, Travis, did you put any money in the offering plate this morning? And Travis says, yes. Why did you do that? Well, I guess I'm supposed to. So we go over to Bill and I say, Bill, you're in church this morning. Why did you come? I go to Scott and I say, Scott, uh, how many days of work did you, or how many days did you go to work last week? And Scott says, well, five. Why did you go? Well, I had to if I'm going to get my paycheck. Okay. They go up to JT and I say, JT, did you go to school this past week? And he says, yeah. Why? Well, I'm getting, you know. We get Alan and I say, Alan, what did you do this week? Well, I worked four 10-hour days. And uh, I really had a blast. I really desired to work as unto God. Realizing more and more that freedom is living from desire. Now, I'm not saying we've arrived there, but we're moving from the have to to a desire to. And I think that's a work that God does in our hearts. I had a fellow tell me one time, I know he struggled with pornography. And uh, he said, you know, it's not merely the action. I said, it's not merely the action. You're right. You may avoid it, but yet you may desire it. You're not free. 
said, God's been doing a work in my heart. I really don't desire it much anymore. He's becoming free. See, we may avoid something or do something, but if it's not coming from desire, then we end up living in slavery rather than from desire. And again, that's a work that God does in our hearts as we yield to him. Proverbs 4 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is a wellspring of life. You know, living from the inside out. Romans 12, being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Letter D, a believer is free in Christ. As he realizes, she realizes more and more, there is no need to measure up. Since he or she is measured up or accepted in Christ. This is total and complete acceptance. Question. What can you do to make you more acceptable to God? What can you do to make you more acceptable to God? Cheryl? Nothing. Why? Because it depends on Christ. We talk about living a good Christian life. I got to do one, two, three. Someone comes to Christ. Well, you need to go to church. You need to read your Bible. You need to pray. You got to live a good Christian life. I'm not opposed to going to church, reading your Bible, or praying. I think those are all good things. But if we're not careful, we begin them with a have to rather than dealing with a desire. Wouldn't it be much better maybe to say to them, stop and think. You've just been born again. You've been born into every blessing that God can give to you. You've been redeemed. You've been adopted. You're going to be presented to God holy and blameless. You can think about this terrible life you lived in the past, if you lived a terrible life, or even if you were self-righteous and did a lot of good things and trusted in them. Think about what you have in Christ. You say, oh, man. I guess I want to respond to this God that gave me so much. Start him off with desire rather than duty. See, in Christ, the believer is measured up. That's not good terminology, I know. But in Christ, the believer is measured up. I can't be measured up anymore. I'm, I have it. The believer has it. Measured up. That's freeing. I don't have to do all these things. I don't have to please everybody under the sun. Because in Christ, I'm measured up. You say, well, that gives a lot of license to sin. Not if you understand grace. Grace does not promote sin. Grace promotes desire. Acceptance affects desire deeply. I realized that my home, the home I grew up in, was different than some homes. We didn't have any curfews. We went out at night. Well, when did you get home? Well, we got home. Did dad and mom ever tell you when to be home? No. 
Did you ever really violate that? I don't think I ever violated it. Why? Because I knew dad and mom desired us to be at home at a decent hour. So why wouldn't I want to be home at a decent hour when someone loves me and accepts me as I am? What we have in Christ results in a changing desire. A believer is free in Christ as he, she moves from I'm trying to I'm relying upon my life in Christ. And I say moves. You know, we all have baggage in life. Well, try to live a good Christian life. Give up. You'll never make it. I'll rely on Christ to respond and live in the way that he created me to live. So the mind often goes to, I can't, but I'm in Christ. God, I I can't love my wife. Well, you better try. He says, no, quit trying, relying. I can't love my wife. But because of the life I have in Christ, I can fulfill the role that God designed me to live in. I've got to go to school today and I've got to listen to Mrs. Brubaker. She's a hard teacher. She gives a lot of homework. I guess I better try to listen. And God would say, quit trying, start relying. You've been designed to live in submission to a teacher. Rely on Christ. So going to school, Lord, I'm not going to try today. I'm just going to rely on Christ. Christ is my life. I've been redeemed. The power that raised Christ from the dead is at work in me. You've designed me to live in submission to this teacher. And I'm free as I live in submission to this teacher and listen and tell the other kids to shut up and listen also and do my homework. That's freedom. Why do we fight it? Because the enemy, the world system, and our own sinful nature. Just, you know, renewing our minds. Living from a growing heart change. A believer is free in Christ as they let go of a list of do's and don'ts and move towards a desire to know, experience God, Christ, and walk in the Spirit. Now, if I'm going to be a good husband, I need to tell my wife every day that I love her. So at night, I think, hmm, I told her I loved her today, at least one time. I did it. I need to do nice things for her if I'm going to be a good husband. So today I uh, took the garbage out and dumped it in the woods. You know, that degrade, uh, biodegradable, you know. There's stuff that'll rot. So I get down my list and I think, oh, I was a good husband today. Well, if I'm going to be a good husband, I better watch what I feed my mind so I've got to stay away from certain things on the Internet. What are we doing here? We're developing a list of do's and don'ts. That's not living from desire. Do I love my wife? 
Someone says, do you love your wife? Yeah, I love your wife. How do you know you love your wife? Well, I just love her. I know I do. Well, how do you know? What do you do for her? I don't know. I'm not keeping record of that. Well, how do you know you love her? Well, I have a desire to love her and I really care for her. She's a nice lady. What do you do for her? Well, I don't keep records of what I do for her. Well, then how do you know you love her? Well, God's been producing this greater desire in me to care for her and just accept her as she is. Make sense or am I losing you? See, if I have to keep record of what I do and don't do in relation to some area of my life, I'm in the do and don't category. As we grow more and more from living from desire, it's not how much we do or don't do. It's just responding to God. So impulsively, I don't even remember what morning this was. Somewhere near Christmas. Sitting down, you know, reading my Bible and praying and just like God said, uh, the Spirit kind of worked in my life. You probably need to write your wife a note. Because sometimes she says about how different we are. And uh, I wrote her, I don't know, it was a half a page or maybe a, a little more than a half a page. I stuck it where I knew she would find it when she went to get her coffee. I know what cupboard she gets her coffee cup out of. Rolled it up and stuck it in there and I went on my merry way. That was not on my list of to-dos. That was an impulsive thing. I think it was the Spirit of God just saying, you know, your wife needs us. I said, okay. So I wrote a note. Well, did you tell her that day you loved her? I don't know. Well, how do you know if you love her if you didn't keep track of that? I'm not into do's and don'ts and trying to keep records. That's more and more freedom. Now we're just living in sensitivity to the Spirit, and we'll discuss that more. Another thought, a believer is free in Christ as he or she lets go control outcomes and rest in Christ. I don't know about you, but we humans seem to like control so much. So we go to the doctor and... Uh, we want some good outcome. No, we want... Well, God, he didn't tell me anything. He just said, I don't know. No, we, we don't like that lack of control. So we want control. So we're told, do this, 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 and big long list, and your kids are going to turn out right. What are we trying to do? Control. Do you ever stop and think about that the perfect parent did everything right? And Adam and Eve didn't turn out so well. I don't know about you, we just seem to like control. Freedom is letting go of that. God, I don't know what's going to happen here, but uh, I can trust you. How much time and energy and money do we devote to controlling our lives? Probably quite a bit. Because we like control. So we have to look right. We have to act right so that we can control someone else's behavior. 
so that they don't think ill of us. So we're in a social setting and we're worried about what someone's going to think about us. That's control. That's not freedom. How can you care for someone else when you're worried about what they think of us? So we take our kids out. I'm guilty of this. Take your kids out, you know, when they're younger and you think, oh, I hope they behave. Boy, if they don't behave, I'll get a, make a bad impression here. Well, I'm free in Christ. I'm loved and I'm accepted by God. And if my kids misbehave, I'll deal with it then. If they're angels, I'll say, thank you, Lord. And if they're not angels, I'll say, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to respond. But isn't that control? We're trying to control our kids so that they don't misbehave, so that people think well of us and our kids. That's not freedom. That's slavery. Because we're trying to control. And I I think we all fall into that boat, at times at least. Try to control our finances. So we save enough so that we can retire. And if it doesn't work out, we get upset. Some freedom or examples on page three of freedom in Christ. I already asked the questions. How much time did we devote to control? You can't rest in control at the same time. Think about that. You can't rest in control at the same time. I've been down the control path far too often. <laughs> You've probably been down that quite often, too. I remember uh, back and I started to preach some. Oh, I've got to make sure I get this down right and got to make a good impression. So I came to Roaring Brook to candidate. And uh, Ruthann gave strict instructions to Danny and to Beth you better sit well. What was Ruth Anna worried about? Control. I was too, because, you know, he was two years old at the time, you know, and you know, he knew enough to read my looks. What so happened, Ruth Ann had to take Beth Ann out. Now he's sitting there himself on the front pew. My future's at stake with this little two year old kid. you see where I'm coming from control we're tempted to do that freedom is moving away from that and I I think we're all in process of doing that some examples of freedom in Christ he was an angel that day the only thing he did wrong was when he got the songbook out on the last song he held it upside down he still does that he still does that (laughs) That's your job to fix them. (laughs) Uh, That's not freedom when I say it that way, right? (laughs) I don't have to love my wife, but I desire to love her. I don't have to submit to my husband, but I desire to submit to him. That's moving towards freedom. I don't read and meditate upon Scripture, but I desire God's Word. So someone comes up to you and says, uh, did you read your Bible yesterday? I think so. You don't know if you read your Bible yesterday or not. Why, I don't keep track of that. 
What do you mean? How can you be a good Christian if you don't read your Bible? Well, to me, the issue is not reading my Bible. The issue is thinking Scripture, thinking God's Word. I know I thought Scripture yesterday, quite a bit of it. So there's a difference. I wanted to think Scripture. So that's moving towards freedom. I don't have to find worth in being right. Therefore, I can admit I sinned and seek forgiveness. We don't have to be right. We don't have to prove ourselves to be right. But yet that can control us that we're even afraid to admit we're wrong or make a mistake. We can't admit we're made a mistake. That's slavery. It's not freedom. Always living. I might make a mistake. I might make a mistake. Freedom is. I don't want to make mistakes. God, I want to be sensitive to you. But if I blow it, I'm going to be willing to admit it because I'm free in Christ. I'm accepted. I'm already measured up in Christ. Questions or comments as we wrap it up? We're in the process of recognizing we can't live the Christian life and moving towards freedom. And again, I say process. We haven't arrived. Our mind is important recognizing what we have in Christ, and we'll touch much more on that. Recently, I visited with a gentleman, and I asked him about where he was at with God, and well, he said, you need to remember I was raised. And he told me how he was raised, what religion he was raised in. And I didn't word it in this way, but I basically said in a little more gracious way, you don't have to be a slave to that. In Christ, there's forgiveness. In Christ, he measures you up. It's not how well you live. Recently, I was talking to another guy, and I just broke my heart. We're talking, a younger man. When I say younger, at least 25 years younger than me, probably. He said, I'm not even sure there is a God. He went to church every time the door was open the first 18 years of his life. He attended a Christian school. He married a professing believer. And he went through some deep difficulty. Not even sure there's a God. I tried to reason with him and talk to him. And a lot of it goes back to the slavery that he experienced. You have to, you have to, you have to, you have to. And I don't think he understood 
that in Christ one can be measured up. Let's pray. Father, we can talk about things as we did tonight and it almost sounds like we can just kind of put everything in a neat little package and everything goes fine and we know that's not the way it is. We're discussing things tonight and seeking to share maybe what freedom in Christ looks like or I can't live the Christian life, what that looks like. May we not become discouraged as we struggle, may we come back to the fact that in Christ we're loved, we're accepted, and you're doing a work in us. Just give practical understanding of how to live out what we have discussed tonight. And in weeks to come as we discuss some other items, just how to practically live it out so that five years from now or ten years from now we can look back and say, I'm not where I was. My insight has been changing. My desires have been changing. We desire that for your glory, Father, for it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.